Get ready for episode number 61 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Today, it's juicy. We're talking about betrayal, trauma, and divorce. Hit it. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now, your host, Jason Lavoy. All right, welcome to episode number 61 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I'm so glad that you are able to join us. I'm Jason Lavoy, your host. Now, today's guest, today's guest is a good one. We're talking about betrayal. Who doesn't love to talk about betrayal? It just it just has juice to it, right? Betrayal. So as a coach and counselor for over 23 years and trained in many modalities, Allie Davidson brings many tools and skills to the coaching uh, sessions that help people find personal fulfillment, build professional success, and create loving relationships. But today, after experiencing and healing from loss and betrayal herself, what appeared as complete disasters were actually the seeds of what was to become her life's work. Allie knew that spirit led her through these challenges, and in order uh, that she might help others to do the same, she believes that reality is only a perception of our human limited thinking, and she understands what it takes to trust in the unknown and reach the best in yourself. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Allie Davidson. Allie, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thanks, Jason. I'm really excited to be here, too. So... Uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, betrayal, which I'm very excited about, let's just give everybody a little background about who you are and how you got to this point. Okay. So I have been a coach and counselor for over 23 years. I started helping individuals with their uh, traumatic experiences and releasing that pain, releasing limiting beliefs. I worked with couples in relationship. I was actually trained by John Gray, who did... uh, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Wow, yeah. Um, and then I moved through that to, you know, working with people with their businesses. I coached and helped them to find out what was stopping them, where, where they're sabotaging themselves in their own success. So I've had a lot of variations of coaching and counseling in different arenas. And I've also been in business for myself for over 40 years. I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, and what what I have found is the, um, the theme of my life has always been about empowerment. And, uh, and I, I look back and as a kid, I was the kid who stood up against the bullies and I was five foot two, all of 80 pounds. And I just was not going to let anybody hurt somebody else. Off the air, uh, you got to tell me how you did that because I would love, I want my daughter to do that. I want her oh. to be a person, but oh, she's only six. She has time. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up there, I'll tell you. It's really not hard. Um, it, it, it really comes down to looking somebody in the eye and saying, I don't believe that what you're showing me is who you really are. I mean, even as a 12, 13 year old, I was saying, I think you're better than what you're doing right now. Wow. And they'd go, what? You can't like, teach that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anyway. Um, and so as a, a young mother, I took care of my kids and realized how disempowered children are that, you know, back then, this was 40 years ago, kids were still kind of uh, categorized in this non 
non-personhood place, right? And so they didn't have the right to express their feelings. And now that's changed a lot, but thank goodness. Uh, but back then I stood up for children in, and worked in the schools and advocated for them. And then uh, I came from a big fat Greek family, which isn't really fat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. <laughs> But very Greek, very Greek. And uh, my grandmother was the matriarch of the family and she lived with us uh, for as long as I could remember. And a funny story she used to say to us as she got older, kiss me goodbye well, because you might not see me again. I might not be here next time you come as an adult when I live far away. And she did it for 20 years. So, you know, I really got to the point where I really didn't believe she was ever going to die. But she did. And that left me um, understanding aging process and how disempowered seniors are. And that, you know, when they say, uh, I want to, I don't want to be a burden and I want to be as uh, independent as possible. What they're really saying is I want to be the boss. I want to be the boss of my decisions. And as they age, a lot of times, that's what they lose, the right to make the decision for themselves. So I had an in-home care agency. I trained caregivers to, uh, to keep that in mind when they were helping seniors. And then I wrote a book about that. And then on my life went on and suddenly I found myself in the most devastating experience of my life. And let me tell you, I've, I've not had an easy life. I've had quite a bit of pain and loss, but this, this devastated me. It, it, it threw me into what we would call the dark night of the soul. And, and what it was is I found out that my husband and my best friend of 25 years, she was my best friend longer than he was my husband. Um, were cheating on me together. Oh my God. And yeah. And so it, it was such a shock. Um, and, and it, the reason why it's so devastating is because it, it really makes you question everything. Yeah. You, thought you knew. Right. And being the coach and counselor that I was, I thought, I gotta understand this. I gotta, under, you know, in, in my pain, I still wanted to understand. And what I found was really interesting. So I, I wanna share this because there's all kinds of levels of betrayal. The worst, of course, being that of a spouse or a husband cheating on you, lying to you, stealing from you. Um, and studies show that, uh, that the pain and the devastation of that event it can, can throw you into PTSD. In fact, they now have a name for it. It's betrayal trauma. It, it actually, I never heard of that. Yeah. The symptoms of betrayal trauma are exactly the same as PTSD. Wow. Okay. Especially if the betrayal was done um, to you after you've been married to what we would now say is a diagnosed narcissist. Um, because there's also the gaslighting that goes on in that relationship for such a long time. So right. that's another subject. We can do that. Oh, yeah. Time. We could do a whole <laughs> other thing. And I know about narcissists. Yeah. Most of us are getting to know what that is. Um, so so the interesting thing is that the studies show that the, the, the trauma of that is greater than even losing a child. And I know that that is the, you can hardly even imagine that, right? That how could that be true? But if you think about it. The difference between those two losses is when a child passes, they didn't do it on purpose to hurt you. Right. Right. But when a spouse lies to you and cheats on you and, and essentially tells you, you don't matter. That's intentional. That's intentional. And that's why it's so painful. And so the other thing that I found interesting was that 
statistics show that 95% of us will at some point in our lifetime experience a betrayal. Now it can be a really benign betrayal, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of something simple, like, you know, a friend of yours said something mean about you. That's a betrayal. You trusted them not to, to share your private thought and they did. Right. Um, or it could be an employer who promises a great promotion and paycheck if you finish a project and you finish it and they say, yeah, sorry, we're, we're not going to do that after all. Right. But it could also be a spouse or a partner. And the other one that's really interesting that most people don't think of in terms of betrayal is the loss of function in your body. Your body so, betrays you. Yeah. You know, so I, I have a couple of clients who, uh, who were recently diagnosed with MS. And all of a sudden, their whole, again, their worldview of what they thought was going to be their life just shifted. And it wasn't something they could control or change. Like cancer would be the same thing. Yeah, cancer would, except there's an opportunity for you to heal from cancer. So it's something that comes and goes. And it's a, some it's cancers, a, not right, not all. Cancers. True, true. That's true. But what we're talking about is is something where so a, the definition of a betrayal is that it is a promise that's either spoken or unspoken that um, that is broken, or an agreement that is unspoken or spoken that's that's broken. So if you if you believe that, you know, I got this strong and healthy body, I eat well, I exercise, I do all the things I'm so supposed to do. And then you suddenly get this long-term debilitating diagnosis. And all for you nothing, know right. that it, it, there's that sense of that's wrong. That shouldn't be happening. I totally can understand that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, all this work thinking like if I do X, Y, and Z, that won't happen. Exactly. Right. Now with cancer, you can feel the same thing, but again, unless it's diagnosed much, much you know, later in the stages where you don't have much chance of surviving, most people will take it on, because I, I know a lot of people with cancer, they're afraid, they're, um, they may even feel a little bit of grief, but they don't necessarily feel betrayed. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like their body turned on them necessarily, whereas something like the MS um, does. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting dichotomy there. Yeah, I know it's it is <laughs> right. <laughs> but so but so betrayal, while it can take many different forms, right? Mm -hmm. When we're talking, you know, I guess like when we're talking about divorce, you know, it's not always betrayal. Does not always mean infidelity, um, right. right? People get divorced for a number of reasons, right? Um, but would you consider just the act of getting divorced in and of itself, is that considered betrayal on some level? On some level, yes. Because again, you think about two people come together and they make a promise to each other. And that promise is to love each other till death do us part. Now, unless we change that, <laughs> and I have my ideas about that one. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. I do. I do. Um, <laughs> some new vows. <laughs> right. We do. Uh, but, but that's a promise. And I mean, I was married to the father of my children for, I was with him for almost 20 years. And, um, and over time, that marriage just lost its vigor, lost its vitality. We had gone to counseling. We tried to work things out. We didn't hate each other. We just were not compatible anymore. We had grown apart. And 
it was a very amicable divorce. I and mean, we even had one attorney who kept saying, you really not need to have two. And we were like, we're totally in agreement. We just, here, this is what we agreed to. Let's just sign it and file it. This um, is after you found out about the infidelity. No, this was my first husband. So oh, my, okay. I'm sorry. My, sorry. My second husband was the infidelity. Okay. And um, so, uh, but my point is that even though it was amicable, even though there was, there was no betrayal as per se, there was still this sense that this isn't the way it was supposed to be. You know, that, that there, there's always a loss and you're going to go through the grieving process. But part of that grieving process is also going to be a sense that this isn't the way it was supposed to be. We had a dream. We were going to grow old together. We were going to retire together. All of that is gone. That was the promise. And that's the piece that takes a while to get through in a divorce, even without infidelity. Well, right. I've never met. I've never met a couple who got married with the intention of getting divorced. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure maybe there's one out there. I haven't met him yet. <laughs> I haven't met him yet either. No, no, no. Right, right. Nobody wants to go through that, um, no matter how amicable it is. Um, right. And, and truth be told, I've seen, I've seen couples who, um, who divorced because one was an addict. One became an addict. Yeah. That was a betrayal. Sure. That's, that's not the way it was supposed to be. Right. And, and so, you know, again, it's, it's this unspoken agreement, promise, expectation that somehow is ripped apart like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, let's talk about, um, well, I got to ask you, I'll be honest, before I move on, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... It's going to be on the tip of my mind, and I'm like, everybody okay. is probably thinking about it. And so, if it if it's if it's if you don't want to go down that road, just just shut it down right away. I don't, no worries. But then, so you were married two times, yes? Correct. So the second divorce was the infidelity with your husband and your best friend. Right. Yes. Can you talk a little about that? Because that is not only is it somebody cheating on you is enough uh, of a betrayal. Um, and people deal with that, unfortunately, all the time, um, which can obviously lead to divorce. But then you have the dynamic of your best friend. What happened there? Oh, it's a long How story. did you find I, out? I you know, how did you find oh out? Oh, my gosh. How did I find out? This is the craziest thing. So the affair was going on for a year, I found out later. Um, and... Our marriage over the last three years had shifted. I had always been the one who has created the wealth in our relationship. So when he came to me, he was $30,000 in debt. I paid off his debts. Um, I had the home. He didn't. I put his name on title. Um, I started the in-home care agency, which took us to the top. Uh, We were making lots and lots of money. And I was working my butt off. Right. And, um, and then we bought a second franchise, a different kind. And that one was a poor financial decision because the people who we bought from betrayed us along with 20 other, 28 other families who gave them almost, God, how much we figured out 10, 12, $14 million. And they just took the money and ran, closed the doors. Oh my God. So that was the first betrayal. And then, um, and then I was just, I was done at that point. We sold our, our, our home care business. We paid off all the losses from the second business. 
And I gave him the money to start another business he wanted to start. And at that point, he didn't need me anymore. And this is kind of classic narcissism where, you know, as long as you are the person they need and want to be where they want to be, right. uh, they, will, they will continue to play the game. Sure. But once they feel like they've got what they want, then they don't need you anymore. And that's kind of what happened. And so, and I've gone to counseling and all this. And when I say that, you know, he, I, I'm not saying it because I believe he was, he was actually diagnosed by our counselor. He was the one who told me he is this. I don't put that out there because I actually have compassion for him in that I understand that there's a reason why narcissists become narcissists and it's not because they had a wonderful life. So there's a part of me that understands and has compassion for it. But at the time, um, I, I, I found out because I, we were at an event at, at a business we had and in front of everybody without any, anything happening, he just started screaming at the top of his lungs at me that I didn't support him. And I heard in my ear, seconds before there was another woman it's like spirit talked to me and said there's another woman just intuitively i knew this and it took a couple of days apart because i left and went home and he didn't come home and i did a little research in his phone and found that the other woman was my friend oh my now God. at that point i thought well she's just talking to him because we were all, we were, you know, her and her husband, me and him, we were friends. We hang right. out together every week. We would get together and go bowling. We would, we, they would come over for dinner. Just two months earlier, their whole family was with us on Christmas Day. So, wow. you know, uh, and he was emailing her and texting her right in front of me, right in front of me. I didn't have a clue, or at least I didn't think I had a clue. Um, the minute I found out the affair was over, I, I had called her and said, I don't understand what, what's going on here. Why all these conversations? And anyway, this long story. It's in my book. I wrote a book. It's all there. Um, oh, you're going to have to give us the book then. I, I will. I will. Uh, but, the, but the point was that, that it was, it was uh, shocking. Um, it was a double surreal. betrayal. It was a double betrayal. And, you know, people talk about how all of a sudden everything goes dark. That's what it felt like. The moment I realized that the two people I would have gone to when something horrible was happening right. to me were the two people I couldn't go to because they had caused this. It's like the lights went out in my world, seriously. And um, I don't even know where to go from there. The Well, I just, you don't have to go any further, to be honest with okay. you. I mean, it. I just think it's right. The double betrayal, it's, it's enough. Um, people I think would have difficulty dealing with the trauma of one um, right. because betrayal would you, I would say that's a traumatic event. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so then you got, you got the double of your best friend nonetheless, right? You're the confident that you would, you said you would go to in, in hard times. You can't, you can't go to that. So that's a double betrayal. So how do you recover from that? Well, one of the first things that I did, you know, you go through a lot of machinations. The first one being first it's disbelief. First you, you push everything away and then you go, then you start to say to yourself, Oh no, this isn't right. This isn't there. I've got to, I got to make this right. I got to make this right. And, and you think at first that you can take him back. Uh, and that, that, that if you are just more loving, more kind, more, you know, more, 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 then this will go away. And, um, and that was what I tried to do at first. What I realized was I got to see him 
a little bit from a different perspective. I saw the lies. He lied right in front of me. Um, and, and when I caught him in it, he couldn't even see, he couldn't even understand he lied. So, you know, that's more personal to him. But in any case, is a lot of people do go back. What has to happen, what I realized is what has to happen in a case like this where there's betrayal, the person who did the betrayal has got to be willing to champion this marriage until the person who was betrayed heals. Right. And until then, it's going to be really hard for this person because they this trust is gone. Of course. Yeah. And, and, and the betrayed person has all these pictures in their mind that they have made up about what that looked like, whether it's real or true or, you know. Right. So that's why it's really, really hard for people to stay together. Now, I've counseled people who did stay together, but this it takes a very specific roadmap to do that. Most people don't do it. Most people will separate. What I found, there are certain things that women especially, it's a little bit different for women than it is for men because women know themselves through their relationships. That's how we know we are who we are as women. Whereas men know themselves through the things they accomplish, the things that they do. Does that resonate with you? I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I definitely, the, uh, yeah, the second part is definitely resonating. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to ask myself, what about the first part too? Because. Well, let me clarify and I'll, maybe I'll help. It's not that you don't, relationships are important. And right. I think we all learn more about who we are through the mirrors and, you know, of those relationships. But how we how we relate to other people is what women hold as their that's where they get their self-esteem they get their self-esteem through their ability to relate to understand to have this you know camaraderie i agree where it's not about what they do that's more of a masculine energy masculine thing you know it's it's what i accomplish it's what i can do give me something to do and i'll fix it you know that, that you just hit it on the nail there absolutely and and, and maybe i just think of it in a more um, simplistic manner but i i've said this on so many occasions to my wife too you know you know when something's bothering you the typical, from a woman's point of view, you know, if something's bothering you, um, you want some support and, and just really the support. Um, right. And it doesn't have to be anything tangible. Um, right. From the male perspective, if I see somebody I care about in pain, I want to I want to take the pain away, right? I want right. to solve the problem. And, I, and so I, <laughs> that's what I do. I go into problem solving mode. Right. Well, you should do this. Well, how about do that? Just do that. <laughs> and, and, and then and then they get mad and they yell at you because that's not what they want. They're not, they're not right. looking for that. No, they're, they're looking for the, this is what they're looking for that. Oh, mm, right. I and I do that. But then 30 yeah. seconds later, I'm like, so just do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so common. It's so common. I'm glad you're normal, Jason. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm, I am a man. <laughs> Man, yes. And so even with betrayal, because I have met with men who've been betrayed too, it's a little more compartmentalized. They're able to look at it and then go, what am I going to do? Can I do anything about it? I can't do anything about it. Okay, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. So they don't, they still have work to do. They still have healing to do. They still, what it comes down to is ultimately 
let me let me see if I can give you a story here. So after after I had I had decided I had needed to leave the town I was in that I had lived for 25 years, which was a small town, because every place I turned, there was a memory I had with her. There was a memory I had yeah. with him. There were people coming up to me. And I just needed to get away. So I moved to a town where I only knew one person. And it rained all the time, <laughs> which was perfect because that's how I felt. I felt like there was this big cloud over me and I just needed to be wrapped in a blanket. Was it Seattle? Going. No, it was uh, Eugene, which is over the west side of the mountains in Oregon. Mm. And, um, and one day he came to visit me. This was, I hadn't gotten divorced yet. And at this point, I still didn't know about the narcissism. I just knew that he'd hurt me and lied to me and I had to get away. And he came to visit, and I remember looking at him and, think, and saying to him, you know, I haven't trusted you for quite a while. It's not surprising then that you would take that lack of trust to the nth degree and betray me the way you did. Now, he, that meant nothing to him, but it was a huge awakening for me because it's the moment I think that I realized I had some responsibility in this. And, um, and that's the hardest thing yes. for anyone to go to when they've been betrayed, right? Like, this didn't, this isn't supposed to happen. And I didn't do any. And even if I was the worst wife on the planet, he still could have left me before he did this to me. Right. right? I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes. And so that's the thing that, that and I had actually asked for a divorce three different times prior to him starting this affair. Oh, wow. So I, you know, and, and my best friend, she was in a lot of pain too. She, Did she get divorced? Had, no, no, they're still together. No, they had been together since they were 14 years old. I'm assuming he knows her husband. Oh yeah. He knew. Yeah. And, uh, and they went to counseling and they made, they did work it out because she never really loved him. It wasn't about that. It was, right. he, he, he knew how to manipulate her at a time when she was very vulnerable to herself. And, um, so ultimately, what I realized was that I didn't know how to love me. And that although I had patted myself on the back all my life saying, you're such a trustworthy person. You're not one of these people who's fearful. You trust everybody until they do something to show you that you shouldn't. What I realized was the reason that I trusted them so willingly was because I had absolutely no trust in myself. Interesting. Yes. yes and that what I also realized, and this, this was a biggie, and this is what I teach, is that I figured out I didn't have to forgive them to heal. Now, that's really different. Because everybody said to me, oh, you have to forgive. If you don't forgive, it's like you're swallowing poison and expecting them to die. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Right. Right? (laughs) But the truth is, he wasn't in my life anymore. He had moved on. He, he, in fact, he remarried right away almost. You know, He, he was in a relationship before I even divorced him. If I forgave him, it didn't matter to him. Right. Forgiving myself, however, that was important. Yes. Because I did not come to a place where I could forgive myself and people go, well, forgive yourself for what? Forgive myself for sacrificing myself for so long that I didn't even realize 
that this stuff was going on behind my back, that he was able to do these things and I didn't know because I was so far out of tune with myself. Well, that level, Ali, yeah. like, that, like that level of insight, yeah. I'm so glad that this came out and, and, and you brought it out because I've, I've talked about it with other people in the past and, you know, you, you try to frame it a different way so you don't sound like a broken record, but like it, it is what it is. <laughs> the, the, in, in order to heal, really yeah. heal and, and, and move on and deal with trauma, you, you have to, nobody is, uh, what's the word? Immune. No, nobody's immune, but oh. everybody plays a part. Right. And no matter the level in this case, we're talking about betrayal, like mm -hmm. the fact that you recognize that, well, some of it had to do with me, not that you deserved any of what he did. No. Of course not. But, no. but our actions, everything we, it's all affects everything, right? It's all intertwined. And so accountability for our own actions and, and recognition of that, I think is paramount to healing and, and, and moving on. If that, if I don't know if I said that, I know I didn't yeah. say it eloquently at all. <laughs> I did really well. <laughs> no, you know what? Because here's the thing that I realized that as much as they betrayed me, and they did, they were responsible for that, sure. those choices they made. But the truth is, I I've been betraying myself for many, many, many more years before they betrayed me. Every time I said yes to something I didn't want to say yes to, every time I put somebody else's needs before my own and felt resentful. I mean, there are times when I'm totally okay with helping people, but if I'm doing it to the degree that I, my needs never get met. The wrong reason, right? It's the wrong reason. I'm going to become resentful because I'm betraying me. You right. Know? And so that's the key. That's the key. And, you know, granted, it's really hard right after somebody finds out. I don't know that that was something that came right away. But one of the two things that I would recommend to your listeners, if, if they are, if they just found out about this, that they have to do. Here comes one, the gold, people. Here comes the gold. One is do not isolate. It is the worst possible thing you can do. And it's the most natural thing to want to do. Right. You will take on the shame of the the uh, of what they've done as your own, and that is not okay. So, don't look. What will happen if you don't is eventually you will want to share, but you'll want to share with the wrong people. You're going to want to share with the people you think are going to turn against him, like his family and his friends. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You will be betrayed again. So instead. You need to reach out to people that you know love you no matter what, that will hold you, let you cry, let you scream, let you, whatever it Work is. Work it out, right. You know, feel all the feelings, okay? That's number one. And once you do that, here's the second thing that is going to naturally happen. People want you to be okay. Nobody love, who loves you wants to see you in pain. And so they're going to say to you, oh, let go of the anger. Uh, they're going to say, you need to forgive. Come on, let's find something to reinvent your life way too soon. Right. And here's what happens. There is this emotional guidance system. At the bottom is despair and powerlessness. And at the top is joy. 
to get from despair to joy, you can't just make that jump, right? You have to go step through by step, yeah. step by step. Well, one of the steps is anger and specifically anger is one of those emotions most people don't want to see. So what happens is you're in despair, you start to come up for air, you reach that anger and now you're pissed. And people see that and go, oh, let it go, let it go. So you suppress it. And the minute you do, there's only one place to go and that's back to powerless. Right, you're going backwards, right. So find somebody who is willing to sit with you when you're angry and let it out. Get in your car and scream. Drive out to the country and bang a tree. How poor tree. Not the tree. <laughs> right, yeah, it's not the tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be politically right? correct. But, you know, let it out because when you do, you will not go back to despair again. I use the you analogy like a volcano, right? It, yes. If, yes. If, you don't, if, if you keep it pent up, Boom. Right. Uh, you can't get to, you can't get to joy if you can't get to through the anger. And, and once you get through the anger, that doesn't mean you're going to go into joy. What you're going to go to is kind of an apathetic, neutral, lonely, yeah. and then you might be curious and then you, know, you might be, hmm, right. Yeah. And you'll move through. Yeah. You know, I am so glad you said that again, because um, it, it just, when you, when you think about it and I always preach, you know, like, when, you, when you're trying to heal from trauma and when you're trying to move on from divorce or whatever the traumatic event is, you got to put in the work. You can't, it's not, we all want instant gratification now. Um, and it's just not the way it works. Um, and, and you're not going to get to where you really want to go. So you don't say make the same mistakes again, unless you put in the work and that takes time and you got to have objective. Right. But um, here's the thing that I teach and I, I say to people, the, the one of the myths is that time heals all wounds. No, it's that's right. That's not, not true. Not true at all. You got to put it work. It takes time to heal it when you're working through it. Yes, right. But if you don't work through it, it will never heal. Right. It you, will always be there. If you just sit there and do nothing, you're not going to make progress. <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking to a woman one day and I was telling her what I do. And she said, oh, I've never been betrayed. And I'm like, well, you are one of the 5%. Lucky you, you know. And so I continued to talk about the devastation that it can do. And all of a sudden she stops me and she says, oh, my God, I have been betrayed. It was 20 years ago. And she told me the situation. She goes, I have never realized that that was a betrayal. But you know what? I know that that betrayal made me change my mind about something about myself. And it has impacted Every job, it was a job-related one that I have chosen to do ever since then. Wow. Wow, right? See? Wow, yeah. So it's, it, it can affect your relationships. It can affect your health. It can affect your finances. It can affect your career. It, it isn't something to, and this is why I'm called to this, because, you know, it wasn't just that I went through this experience. I really believe I wanted to let this go. I, I wrote this book. I'll tell you, it's called Born of Betrayal from Breakdown to Breakthrough. It's on Amazon. It's a number one international bestseller. Give me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. I will do that. Um, I did not want to write this book. I did not want to tell this story, but I was compelled to do this. And the reason is because if in fact, 95% of us is, are going to go through this in some form, and we don't learn the three things that have to happen in order for us to heal, which is to love ourselves, learn to really trust ourselves, and to forgive ourselves, then we will never be 
authentic. We will never have the connections we want. We will never be fully empowered, right. which means our world will never be what we want it to be. You and never so, reach your potential. Yep. Right. Hey, oh, Ali, I'm, I'm so glad we, we had this, com uh, this talk because um, I think everybody, uh, hopefully it will resonate with you. And you know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to, when nothing is on TV, <laughs> I'm going to sit there and think about the list of betrayals in my life. <laughs> so I know they're there, but you know, sometimes like you gotta, you gotta actually think about it and uh, you know, to articulate what, what they were. And I, I'm going to see what happens with that. <laughs> okay. You can give me a call. Let me know. I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious too. You know, you got to sit down and actually like think about it. Like I know yeah. I've been betrayed, but like if you asked me to give you a specific example off the bat, I'm not sure I could do it so quickly, but you know, like, you know, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it has to be 95%. Oh yeah. yeah. I know it's there. <laughs> But you know, one of the things I teach is that, that uh, we learn to suppress a lot of emotions and a lot of things that are uncomfortable. Um, we just kind of either poo-poo it or discount it in some way, or we just simply suppress it. The cost of that is that to the degree that we suppress feelings over here that are negative, that are things we don't want, well, it unfortunately will also suppress all the good feelings. Yeah. And so then we live in a world that becomes apathetic and disconnected and you know it's like we need so we need to buy more we need to make more we need to drink more we need to have sex more all because we have suppressed so much we're not depressed depressed depression isn't sadness depression is suppression right it's feeling nothing right and so it is so much more juicy i mean i cry at the drop of a hat but I can also laugh and be playful and Absolutely. I, I will allow myself to feel it all. And I would not give this up for anything. No, you, I can, I can see it just by talking to you. I mean, and I, I have a confession to make too, you know, just between you and me, but like, yeah, right? I, 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 I will get emotional pretty quickly at certain movies and um, not, not always, you know, romantic comedies, but like the weirdest things, but that you would be like, you know, and, and like, it has to do with like saving the world type stuff, like global. Right. And, and like, that'll get me a little teary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, like you gotta, it's like, at least I'm feeling, I feel like I'm feeling. Right. Right. And, well, you're, you're a good guy. You, you, you're working on all that good stuff. So I can tell, <laughs> I can tell you're pretty put together. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I try. Depends on the day. <laughs> but Ali, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you where, but I, you go online. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Where uh, yeah, online? I, uh, so it is www.coachalidavidson.com. And uh, yeah, you go there and you will see more about me. And uh, there are links everywhere to the best way to reach me, which is to just get on my calendar and set up a 30 minute complimentary talk. That's all we do is we just talk to see if there's anything in what I do that can service you and, and provide you with some support. Um, at the very least, you'll get at least one tip from me <laughs> that will make things easier for you. Oh, you dropped a lot of tips in, in, in this show and I appreciate it so much and it was so valuable. Sure. I know to people listening. So yes, contact Allie yeah. um, and it could, it could just change your life, right? Absolutely. Don't, don't 
if you can't do it on your own, get the help you need because I, I don't know it, anybody. I haven't met anybody yet who could do it on their own without I, even, even I couldn't do it on my own. I had my own coach who was profound. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's impossible. I, I would say, and, and, and you're not supposed to do it on your own. Like, right. right. That's not the point. You're not supposed to. So don't be afraid, you know, so surround yourself with the right objective people who can help. Right. Right. All right. I'm spent. Oh, I know we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll have to have you on so in the welcome. future. Thank you. I'd love to come back. We can talk about what marriage should be. Instead of the way. Oh, that's see. I like yeah, that that's too. Another conversation. Yeah, that's yeah. the next topic. I know. I All right. Know. We'll schedule it. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Jason. All right. No, thank you, Allie. And yes, what marriage should be. That would be a great topic, wouldn't it? So perhaps coming down the pike, I'll bring Allie on and we will get into that a little bit. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and you will get all new episodes when they come out. Also, if you are interested in getting divorce help, check out my website, jasonlavoy.com. I offer one-on-one and group coaching packages fits all shapes and sizes people so if you want help it is available for you and available at a very affordable price whether you have an attorney or not don't delay today it's your future you're talking about in the meantime all i'm going to ask you to do is be strong act confident and stay positive i'm jason lavoy aka the divorce resource guy and i'll be seeing you real soon